Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello there and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is the podcast and show that's dedicated to one thing, and that is to helping everyone that watches create their ultimate life, purpose, prosperity, and joy using the gifts, talents, and skills that they've got. Today, I've got a special guest that I'm grateful to have. Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Colin. How are you? I'm just outrageous and glad to have you here. So your episode 829. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was told that I was going to be 830. I, I need to get off. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll work that out after the fact, but <laughs> right now it's 829. All right, I'll have to settle just because, you know, just because I'm honored and you're my friend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Me and the fir- phoenix behind us, why we'll... Uh, yeah, I like it. We'll send you some ashes. I like the way it looks fire. like you have wings. I know, I love it. I have about 30 or 40 or 50 of those different... I don't know, what's the plural phoenix? Phoenixes or phenai or what? I don't know. I don't know. All right, so I'm going to start with a question that is uh, sometimes fun and sometimes scary for people. I imagine you'll have some fun with it. So I'd like you to tell us, how does Larry add good to the world? Oh, I add good to the world in so many different ways that it is... The floor is yours. going ...going to be an interesting conversation. So my entire life is really dedicated to other people. Yes, 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 it's true. I own a, a education company, and it's true that I charge people. But the reason I charge people is because I got to keep the lights on, right? You know, and I'm a capitalist. But I love helping people. I mean, my favorite thing to do is to help people change their life. You know, not only do I change their life, but teach them how to buy real estate and how to teach them how to invest in the stock market, teach them how to save money, teach them financial habits that they never had before. But I also have something else that you might find interesting. That I don't know if you knew about this, but I have a charity which actually keeps people in their houses. So this charity, actually, this is right, right here. It's called Lev 27, and what it does is it actually is for people like, let's say somebody had a sudden, uh, a sudden, I don't know, a sudden change in life. So they, let's say they've been living somewhere for two years, paying the rent, everything's fine, and all of a sudden something happens. Maybe they get into a car accident. Maybe something changes. Maybe they get sick. Maybe they've lost their job temporarily, but they have a plan to continue to pay their rent after this small period of time. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's two that they can't pay their rent. Well, we're going to come in, we're going to pay their rent for them. We're going to cover any legal fees that was, you know, that, that the landlord may be char- charging them for eviction. And we will cover that and keep them in their house as long as they have a plan to continue going. You know what else I do, Callan? I don't, and I want to. You're going to see something. It's, it's every, every, every year this year, you know, we're right now in December and every year this year, I post the same post and the post is something like, Hey, you know, if you know somebody out there who might need some help during Christmas, I'm going to send out two gift cards to people you nominate. Just give me their story. Give me your story or their story in a private message. And I will send them a gift card if I feel that, you know, not only is the story worthy, you know, and when I say worthy, you know, I want to make sure that people aren't trying to just take my money. 
because I've had that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but also, you know, also that, you know, they really need it. You know, it isn't like, you know, uh, you know, it'd be nice if we had an extra 500 bucks. No, it's not like that at all. It's, you know, this person maybe, maybe hasn't had a job in a couple of months and, you know, they, they're trying to make their Christmas better. And I, I, I send it out anonymously. So they don't even know who it came from. They don't know who nominated them. They don't know who I am. And they just get a card. And it's funny. Every once in a while, it's happened about three times. I did it for the last 10 years. And it's happened for about, about three times where somebody figured out it was me. And I get a, and I get a really nice thank you letter, but I, I don't acknowledge the thank you letter because I don't want them to, because it's not about me. You know what I mean? It's about them. It's about it, it, it isn't. And so I love that. And I, I probably suspect there's more, but we'll dig into that. So what I'm hearing is there's Larry who owns some businesses. He teaches people about stocks and investment and is a master at real estate wealth creation. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he's got some charities and some other things where he does anonymous gifts which are always fabulous ways to add good to the world. The question I want you to, to, and you said your life is about helping people. So I believe that I accept it. And I know you, I want to, I want you to explore why, what is in Larry's heart? Like what has happened with Larry that brought him to this place? Because somebody could be a teacher of wealth creation because they want to sell products and services. And I'm sure right. you know some, Sure. They just want to make money. So why is right. Larry who he is? Tell me a little about the story about how you got here. I don't know. It's a really good question. You know, probably my favorite movie of all time was It's a Wonderful Life. I started oh, watching I that movie. The yeah, I started one. watching that movie. Yeah, the original one, right. Yeah. I started watching that movie maybe when I was five or six or seven years old with my mother. My mother used to let me stay up late and watch it with her. You know, she used, we used to watch it on television. And every year, I, I wouldn't say I watch it every year, but every year, I really enjoy watching it. It's just something totally different. And I see the generosity in, you know, in, in George Bailey. And I see the generosity in the people in the show. And, you know, of course there's the, the, you know, there's the, uh, the miser, the, you know, the, uh, the crook, the criminal, you know, although, although, you know, I realize that they're putting rich people down, you know, some people are like that. Some people aren't, you and I used to have a friend, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Jim Donovan. Remember Jim Donovan? Mm-hmm. He passed away a few years ago mm-hmm. and he gave me a piece of advice that I thought was the greatest piece of advice ever. He said, money is like alcohol. And, and what, it, what I mean by that, it's not addicting. It's not the same way. What I mean by that is like, so when somebody has, when somebody is really funny or somebody is a really nice guy and they drink, they become nicer and they become funnier. Right. Apparently. Right. Yeah. That's, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with, and if they're, if they're mean and ugly all the time and they drink, they're mean and uglier. Right. So money what, same thing with money. When you, when you If you have a lot of money and you're a generous person, you become more generous. If you have a lot of money and you were a miser before or you were, you know, you were, I don't know, you just, whatever, selfish with your money, you just become more selfish with your money. So it was an interesting comparison. And the interesting part about that was, you know, as you know, Jim was an alcoholic for many, many years and he recovered and he didn't die from that. He actually died, uh, I think it was cancer, but, but he was a wonderful guy. He was, you know, 15 years, 15 years sober, I believe it was. And he wrote so many really great books, just a really nice guy. But the analogy stuck with me. And I think that's pretty much what happened to me. I think I've just had a good life where I've always been somewhat generous, and now I could be more generous. And I enjoy it. I mean, you know, you, you know, it's just it's just nice to know that you can give somebody something. I love that. And so I, I'm, I'm not going to let that answer quite rest, because each person's born with whatever they're born with, right? And mm-hmm. we're born... 
kind of neutral, zero. And then we grow up in whatever circumstances we grow up. And sometimes there's hard things that smack us around. And sometimes people have not, not a lot of hardships. But each of those sets of circumstances leaves a mark on us. And we get to choose what those marks do to us. I mean, circumstances can ruin us or they can refine us. Absolutely. And so I want you to dig in a little bit deeper, besides the fact that your mom was great and you watched It's a Wonderful Life, and tell me a couple <laughs> of things that left a mark on Larry that made you decide, now that you're in your at least the last half of your life, I won't say the last third, because I don't want to <laughs> say anything, you know, whatever. It's very possible. It's very possible the last third. I mean, I just turned 60 <laughs> last week. All right. Well, I'll be 68 next week. So there you go. Okay. But anyway, so uh, tell me a couple of incidents that could have ruined you or maybe even did ruin you for a day or a week or a month or a year, but now they refine you and have helped you see with this perspective of love and service that you have, because we're built to love and serve each other. It's just some of us take a long time to figure that out. So give me a couple of examples. Examples? Wait, let me, let me ask you the question one more time. Because you went, you went so many different places that I forgot what the original question was. The original question was really simple. You weren't born this way. It, things happen in our lives that either ruin us or refine us. Mm -hmm. I want a couple of things that happened to you that made you who you are. Besides watching movie with your mom, which I agree is a great movie. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I say my mom is the one who taught me generosity, not just, not just, you know, watching it. It's a wonderful life, but she always, you know, like it, it, my mother is the kind of person, you know, for her children, um, she doesn't say, she doesn't say here's money. Right. But, but I do know that if I ever needed food, she would be at my, she would be at my door with food. She'd be at my door with money. She would cover me if I needed to be covered. In fact, uh, it was an interesting story. I remember it was uh, many, many years ago. It was, well, let me see if I could figure out how many years ago it was. It could have been 35 years ago mm -hmm. that I was getting divorced. And, you know, um, if anybody's ever been divorced, especially in their 20s, you know, you have nothing already. And you know, then your wife takes half of nothing. So now you have 50% less of nothing. I don't know, whatever, however you want to look at it, you know, no place to live, no place, no, no, nothing, right? So my mother said, hey, I'm going to help you out. And and I was like, you know what, I actually need it for the first time. She goes, I'm going to give you, I think it was 500 or 700 bucks a month um, for a year. Wow. And and she said, look, she should take it, you know, do what you need to do, get yourself your feet back on the ground. Of course, I got a good job. And it was very interesting because after seven months, I looked at her and I said, I don't need it anymore. Thank you. So it was actually it was actually pretty amazing. She's like, "You're sure? You're sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't need it anymore." I'm gonna tell you a really funny story about what happened next. So, so I started to make a lot of money. I was doing very well when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, this this time period, whatever it was, I think I was 26, 27, 28, whatever it was. But it was it was really a funny story because you know, like my mother did that for me, and I wanted to do something really special for my mother for. I believe it was Mother's Day. I believe it was Mother's Day or her birthday. I can't remember which it was. And one of them came along, and it just—it was like three months after I told her I didn't need the money anymore. So I come in, and I'm holding a card. Let's say it was Mother's Day. I'm holding a card. And my mother never, ever does this. And it was a very strange thing that she did. I don't know why she did it, but, you know, my brother brought came in with a flower pot with flowers, and my other brother said her, so I don't remember exactly, and I came in with what was uh, what looked like an envelope with a card in it, you know, so 
So it looked like something like this, right? An envelope, yeah. just like this. So I came in with, and I hand her the, I hand her the envelope, and she must have been in a very strange mood. I don't know what it was, and she goes off on me, and she goes, "Your brother got me flowers. You, your your other brother sent me something. Blah blah blah. I, you know, I gave you money, and you, you know, and you, I took care of you. I, I'm telling you, Kellen, it was just so out of character for my mother. I don't know exactly what happened, and I said, "Mom, open the card." Mom, open the card. Mom, open the card. And she kept going and she kept saying, she's, she kept, you I, I mean, I, I didn't, it was just continuous of like, you know, complaining that all they brought her was a card. Mom, open the card. Mom, open the card. Mom, open the card. So she opens the card and out falls two Broadway tickets to the most popular play that I, that I got, you know, like scalped that I paid about 250 to $300 for. And a gift card to the fanciest restaurant on Broadway. <laughs> and she she burst into tears and started apologizing. Right. It was a very funny story that that was the only time she's ever done anything like that. So, you know, it's just kind of weird that it is what it is, but it was just very funny. But see, and I asked you what some examples were, and you've given me three. One, you had brothers who brought gifts to your mother. So there was a relationship there that they saw. There was you who said, you know, thank you, mom. I don't need the money, recognizing both the, the kindness that she had showed and when it wasn't necessary. So even though it would have been fun to have more money, you said, I don't need that. And right, then exactly. you spent a bunch, significantly more money than either one of them or both of them right. put together to, to honor and recognize what she had done, not to prove exactly. anything. So right, those exactly. are three examples, and I repeat I them it. because I want the listeners to understand the things that, that take place in our lives, they shape us. And the choice that we all have is to allow them to shape us in good ways and to pay attention to how these things are shaping us. Instead of just letting stuff happen around us and reacting. So this is about intentional creation of life. What That's made true. you decide to, what's that? I was going to say, and gratitude. Gratitude is one of the things that, that I, you know, I, you know I, I'm going to tell you that every single, I think that everyone grows into gratitude. Very, very few people who are born into gratitude. I mean, like, you know, the 18, 19, first of all, when you're 18 and 19, you know everything and you're, and you're you know, your ego is, is bigger than, than anyone else's. And, you know, and, and people like us, and we now laugh at those people, realizing that people our age laugh at us when we're that age. Of but course. gratitude, right, but gratitude is kind of an interesting thing that I've actually grown into. You know, I, I now appreciate anything and everything someone does for me, and I thank them. And I, and I think it's so nice and so sweet to make sure that you have an, a, a, an attitude of gratitude. And when you do, it's not only great for you, but it's great for the person. So somebody gives you something. Like, it's funny, I was just holding up this card uh, that somebody just sent me. It came a little late for my birthday, and it just came in the mail. That's why I was sitting on my desk. That's why I was using it as a prop. But but this guy, you know, this is a guy that I just met. I met him last year. I met him on a marketing cruise, actually. And he's just a nice guy, and he recognized my birthday by sending me a, a card and, you know, and a box of, box of chocolate. Maybe there's one or two chocolates in there. But, you know, who else did that? You know, that's just such a nice thing to do. And it's just so I will make sure that I reach out to him and thank him and, and let him know how, how appreciative I am of him doing that. Why do you suppose, I love it, and gratitude is right next to 
love in terms of mm -hmm. the power of adding good to the world, which is what we started talking about, why do you suppose gratitude, a choice to be genuinely grateful, why do you suppose that's so important in shaping us as people? So there's two parts to that. One is, you know, you, when you, I have to say that it really is true that when you have an attitude of gratitude, you're more to be grateful for. It's like more things will show up. It just happens. You know, if you believe in God like I do, you know that when you thank God for the things that have happened to you, he will, he will continue to reward you. If you, you know, say, oh, I, what am I just for? Well, he'll continue to say, well, if you don't want it, don't take it, you know? The other thing that's really nice about the attitude of gratitude, like, so, so, like, this guy who sent me this card, right? Again, it was just a card. But me thanking him for the card will make him feel good, too. Mm -hmm. And that will also make me feel good. So this card will expand in gratitude as, as each step goes by. You want, to, you want to do something really neat? Yeah, I got I got a challenge for everybody in your audience. Great. This is a cool challenge. And and, and I actually it's in my book. So I wrote a book called Money Hacks, and I was gonna get to it later, but I'm not gonna really talk about the book. I'll talk about the book in a little while. But what I will tell you is in my book, this story is in my book. I told this gentleman, he he it was funny, it was I was online on Facebook and I'm in some group and I don't know what it was, and somebody posts something, says, How do you how do you help people when you don't have any money at all and you don't know what to do? How do you create an attitude of philanthropy, right? Or how do you become a philanthropist if you have no money, uh, you, you know, you barely can afford your rent, whatever it was. And, and the first thing I said to him, I said, stop thinking that and you'll be able to, and you'll, and stop thinking that and then call me. So he reaches out to me, he DMs me, we start talking he starts telling me that he wants to help other people. I said, well, go help other people. He goes, I don't have any money. I said, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go get two $50 gift cards. I want you to go to Walmart right now, buy two $50 gift cards, go into the supermarket, and walk around. And when you feel that God has told you to give one of these gift cards to somebody, you give it to them. I want you to take a picture of it, and I want you to tell me how you feel about it. Well, goes to Walmart, he does this. What I didn't know, because he tells me later, what I didn't know was he had $56 to his name. I'm sorry, uh, you know, he had $106 to his name because he had two gift cards, two $50 gift cards. He had $106 to his name, and he listened to me intently and said, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. He gives away the cards, and his life that day just felt so much better. He went back, and he wrote, actually wrote, to me, the story of what happened that day, from talking to me to giving out the gift cards to how he felt, all of it. Now, I'm in the middle of writing my book, Money Hacks, and I talk about money mindset in the book, and I talk about, you know, being generous in the book, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked at this story that he hand wrote, and it was actually, it was handwritten because he didn't have a computer. He was handwritten, he sent it to me, and he actually sent it to me with a book, and I, I can't read the name of the book from here. But it was a great book. It was it was his, it was one of his prized possessions. He sent it to me as a thank you, and he sent it to me with with the handwritten paper. And when I read it, I called him up or I reached out to him and I said, "Listen, I want to put this in my book. Can I buy the rights to this story for five hundred dollars?" So the crazy part was, he paid a hundred dollars in gift cards, had ultimate, 
you know, felt great about it. And he ended up getting $500 for the story. There's no question. I love it. And thank you for sharing that. And I take that, that the challenge for the people listening that you were talking to is to, I, I hear two parts. One is make a choice because you can to end the idea that because you don't have a bunch of money, you don't have something valuable because money is not the most valuable thing you have. Absolutely true. And then two, the second challenge is I heard is no matter what you think you have, go give something, go in the way, go to the soup kitchen, go donate some stuff, go take a specific concrete action and I'm talking about in addition to praying for world peace and whatever else you do, which I agree with and I also do. But go do some stuff. Volunteer at your church or community or somewhere because doing that creates neurotransmitters and feelings in our body just like negative things do. You get mad at somebody and your, your body feels mm-hmm. flush and all that stuff. When you love and serve... It creates all kinds of good stuff, serotonin, oxytocin, and a bunch of other good stuff that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. We're built to love and serve each other. So thank you for that story. You were there when I told the story about how how selfish I feel I am. You know, I was going to raise that and say, I know (laughs) that I've heard you speak a couple of times at least. And I know that you start to talk with saying how selfish we all are, and, and you make the point. I'm not going to make it for you. Go ahead and say what right. you were going to say. Right. So everybody does everything for selfish reasons. Everyone. And I don't care who you think you are. You may be doing the most selfless thing, but you're doing it for selfish reasons. And it's because because of so many other things that you do. It, it, the way you feel, you want to just make yourself feel better. You want to make yourself feel worth something, right? Look, I believe I've got about eh, 30 more years. We just talked about that. i got about 30 more years to go. And in that 30 years, I want to live the best life I can. So to me, that's extremely selfish, right? I'm going to do everything I can to do everything I want to do in my entire life, and I'm going to be selfish. Now, I, everything I want to do, I do, right? So one of the most selfish things I ever did, I think I told you the story, one of the most selfish things I ever did in my life, and listen to this story very carefully, I don't know if you've ever been to Miami, but in Miami, they have this tram that goes around Miami. Um, it's actually a bug round tram. It's actually really neat. And it takes you from place to place. And one night I was going from one end of Miami to the other. I had to go to this event. And it was an event that you can see I wear glasses now. And this was about 15 years ago where I was just starting to wear glasses. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever wore glasses, Kellen, right? Uh, I, but, I, my eyes are terrible. I have very complicated contacts and all kinds of stuff. Okay, so yes. Sure, sure. <laughs> and when you first, when you first realize that you can't see anymore, you buy these $10 readers from Walmart, right? You know? Yeah. My journey started in first grade, so I never had that experience. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, so I'm right around, you know, 40, 41, 42, whatever it was. Actually, I guess it was more than, more than, uh, I guess it was more than 15 years ago. Now. It must have been 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm, I have my readers that I bought, and I knew I was going to, I was dressed in a suit. I had my readers that I bought, and I knew that I was going to go, I had to go someplace, and they were going to hand out papers, and you had to read the papers. So I made sure I had my glasses in my, in my pocket, you know, my, my lapel, my lapel jacket. I'm wearing a suit. I got a tie on, and I got on this tram. And the next stop, doors open up, and this homeless guy gets on. You could tell he's homeless because he's got a cart, right? He's got a mm-hmm. tattered jacket. I mean, you could probably describe. I could. You could probably start to smell what he smelled like, right? Because he probably had to take a shower in two or three weeks, you know. And everything in his entire life was in this cart. 
you know, it was just it was just sad. And in fact, everybody, I was standing across from him, and maybe the cart, maybe the uh, the tram is maybe eight, not even maybe six foot wide, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm standing across from him, and it's maybe twelve foot long, and I'm standing across from him because that's where I was. I didn't move, and everybody else in the tram moved to the other side of the tram. You know, they wanted to be as far away from this guy as possible. Right. Yeah, whatever, for whatever reason, maybe because he smelled, maybe because they were scared of him, maybe they just didn't want to associate with him, maybe they didn't want to talk to him. I don't know, but I'm standing there and I'm watching him. And, you know, at one point, you know, he starts to go through his his bag. He starts to go through his cart to see what, you know, to look for something. And he pulls out a tattered book. And the book, you could tell the cover's coming off and maybe some of the pages are brown. It's a tattered book. And he takes it and he's, he reaches into his cart for something else. And he takes out a pair of glasses. And maybe these glasses were, you know, I think one lens was cracked. The other one, he had a snap back in. One of the ears that one of the, the arms that hold the hold the was broken off. I mean, you know, it was just it was just uh, a thing to watch him hold the book and balance the glasses, right? And and just then, my stop comes up and the door opens. And as the door opens, I reach into my lapel, I take my glasses out, my readers out, I hand it to him, and I get off the train. That was the most selfish thing I've ever done in my life. You know why it was selfish? You're going to tell me right now. Because <laughs> as I got off that train, I felt great that I helped a fellow man just to even just read, even if it was just to read a book. You know, that's what that, and that's what life is about. It's just about feeling good. It's about doing good for others. And no matter how selfless that sounded, it was still selfish. You do things for selfish reasons. And I'll tell you what, just do everything you want. Don't let somebody tell you not to do something when you want to do it. Do it do it for you. Do everything for you. You know, be nice to your your spouse, be nice to your kids, be nice to your friends, be nice to your neighbors. Be nice because you want to be nice. Cuz that's who you are and you can be selfish while you're being nice to those people. I love that and I want to dig into that just for a minute and and that's this physically as well as spiritually. We're actually built to love and serve each other. When you did that, our bodies physically produce neurotransmitters that feel warm and fuzzy and good. On top of that, there's a spiritual analog that makes that part of us feel good and connected and warm and all that good stuff. And so we, we are built to do that. And the unkindness that we see in the world, the cruelty, we've got wars going on, we've got just piles of it that we can't even keep track of, that is a learned behavior. Absolutely true. It is a learned behavior. Hate is a learned behavior. It is. And even if you right now, as a listener, feel like you have no hope, no options, you're angry at somebody and, and whatever it is, I'm going to ask Larry to give us some pointers on this in a minute, but here's my assertion. Wherever you are right now, you don't have to stay there. You can unlearn those learned behaviors. What's Where you are right now doesn't matter. What matters is the direction you're facing and the choice you make at this moment about where to go from here. Larry, you want to comment on that? Well, so you said you can, but it all starts with, do you want to? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
people wake up every day. My life sucks. I hate my life. I can't believe what happened today. Well, this morning, my alarm clock didn't go off. My wife yelled at me. My kids spit at me. My dog bit me. And on the way home, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. You want to know what's wrong with your life? You complain about your life all day long. So if you keep complaining about your life, you're going to keep finding things to complain about. Stop doing that. Start finding things that are great in your life and start to celebrate them. That's the biggest problem people have. And then you can tell people, I, I you know, I teach people how to get rich, right? And people are like, I'm so poor. I'm so poor. I'm so poor. That's right. You want to know why you're so poor? Why? Because you keep saying you're so poor. Stop it. Make the change. Say, oh, you know what? I am in a temporary position and I'm going to be really rich really soon. And if you keep saying that, it's going to happen. What do you think is a, a first? I mean, there is a step. A step is to make a different assertion, create a different story with the language that you speak inside and outside, and begin the act of creation of your own life in the direction you say you want instead of the continuing act of creation of crappy stuff, which you've been saying. So yeah. that is a fabulous first thing to start with your own dialogue and language. What do you help people do next? So I want you to take the next couple of minutes and just tell people what you're doing now, a little bit more about sure. helping them get rich, about getting rich in spirit as well as in finances, because when people hear rich, there's more to it than one thing, and where to find you and everything that is uh, luscious and juicy about Larry and his coolness. I want to hear <laughs> all that. All right, so what happens quite often is is uh, people who come to me, they come to me and they want to know, you know, how to change your life. So I focus a lot on money. And the reason I focus a lot on money is because a lot of people have money problems. And you got to focus somewhere, right? You know, I there are certain people who, uh, who focus on lifestyle, some people who focus on spirit. I happen to focus on money. But you can't focus on money without focusing or without bringing in the other things. You know, why are you, ha why do you have money problems? Well, like you did before, you wanted a deep, dive deep into why I'm generous, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to dive deep into why people have bad money habits or why people think that they don't deserve to have money, which is one of the things that amazes me. That's one of the biggest issues. People think they don't deserve it or they hate rich people. And if they hate rich people, they can never be rich. So the first thing you have to do is you have to change the concept of what they're thinking. And when you change the concept of what they're thinking, all of it, all of it changes. You know, when you stop hating rich people and start realizing, hey, Look at guys like Elon Musk. What did he do to get rich? That's fascinating. His story is fascinating when you think about it, right? You know, mm -hmm. basically came here from came came here from Africa, did his own thing, started PayPal, sold that, did this, did this, and put his life into it. Are you willing to do that? Well, if you're not, well, you're not going to be that rich. You know, if you're willing to put some time into your life and start to feel like you and start to do things that move you towards richness or wealth, if you want to call it then things will change. I teach people how to buy houses. So I real estate to me is the number one way to get rich. If you buy real estate, you're going to get rich. That's basically the reality. The reality is if you buy real estate, you will get rich. You know, it, it just happens. Now, and then you're going to find the guy, oh, I heard, I, I, I bought real estate before and came 2008 and I lost everything. No, you didn't. You didn't lose, I mean, I happen to do that, but you didn't lose everything, but I made my own choices when that happened to me. But, you know, you, you made choices. You have to decide what choices you're going to make and what you're going to do with the next step of those choices. You know, in 2008, I, I really did. I lost everything. But I didn't go around going, oh, my God, I lost everything. My life sucks. 
I literally went up the next day and said, this is fantastic. I get to start all over again, and I'll do it better this time. And that's the difference between me and the other 200 people that were sitting in the, in the hotel courtroom that I was sitting in waiting to have their bankruptcy case. I just said, fine, you know, I, I screwed up. It's 100% my fault. I don't blame anybody for what happened to me in 2008. Because it wasn't the economy that happened to me in 2008. It was my greediness the last the two years before. I made stupid decisions the two years before, and that put me in the position I'm in now, or you know, then. So, so then I said, okay, fine. Well, I'm not going to make those stupid mistakes again. In fact, I'm going to learn how to make sure that can never happen to me again. And that's kind of where my book came up. So I started teaching people in my book. I started teaching people how to buy houses with no money, how to invest in the stock market, and how to make sure that things that happen to me, like losing losing everything in a bankruptcy or even losing everything to divorce, if that happens to you, you can avoid these things. You you can you can have your money go to your children without any problems if you do it properly. So there's so many things in that book that are amazing. Larry, Where was I? I? I went off on a tangent. No, you didn't. You didn't. Okay. Your specialty here's here's i mean we're we're just we're done and i want to wind it up but here's the thing your specialty is helping people create money a money is nothing but our agreement of energy trading but what you observed which is the money isn't the issue it is your attitude of life creation because if you're complaining about money you're complaining about your neighbor your spouse your health your job your work and everything else and so if you create negativity, then money is going to be a casualty of that. And I love that, that you said, first thing you do is let's go to work on how you're creating your circumstance, i.e. no money, believing you're broke, believing you're going to stay there, rich people suck, and all of the rest of it. So I love it. I love the fact that you're really clear about which piece of the giant puzzle you help people with. Thank you. For showing this is up something, today. This is something I do. Check this out. I wear a jacket that I painted, Become the Rich. <laughs> become the Rich. So, Larry, become the rich, Steinhaus. <laughs> Larry, uh, the best way to get a hold of you is what? So, you can go to contactlarry.com. That's contactlarry.com. That'll connect, connect you to everything I have. You'll be able to see my books there. You'll be able to see my website there. You'll also be able to see investor schooling there, which is also helpful. Investor schooling is where I teach people how how to do the things that I do. You know how to invest, how to invest in real estate, how to invest in the stock market, how to buy houses with absolutely no money. You know, you know, it's so funny when I try to teach people how to buy houses with no money. They don't believe you can do it until they do it. So reach out to me. Contactlarry.com is the easiest way to find me. I love it, Larry. Thank you. For who you're being, thank you for your courage in helping people understand how to change instead of complain about the situation. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you, man. You're awesome. Everybody, listen. I want you to go back and listen to, to this. I love this man. I've known him for several years, and he is genuine in his desire to help people overcome issues, overcome bad thinking, and overcome money problems. And there's no question that creating wealth is a way to creating your opportunity to do more and to live your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. 
As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your